Good evening from Plunkett Studios in Largo, Florida. I'm Scott. He, he's Abram, but he seems like he might have frozen up on us a little bit. It's okay. He'll be back with us in a little bit. <laughs> and uh, where, where are we? Uh, <laughs> this is episode 472 of F5 Live Refreshing Technology, part of the Tech Podcast Network. Uh, this is July 16th, 2017. I see Avram is back. I'll let him say I'm Avram. I'm Avram. There we go. <laughs> I'm not frozen. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, uh, this is July 16th, 2017. This week, Apple's software is in trouble. Amazon's sales set a record. And SoundCloud's time is just about up. Wherever you are and however you're accessing our show, whether it be Facebook, iTunes, the podcast play app in the Windows Store, Google Play podcast, nope, Google Play music podcast for Android, um, our myriad of other podcatchers on, uh, on Android, our uh, homes on Livestream and Stitcher, and of course, all of our many Livestream capabilities right now. Whether it be Livestream.com, uh, Periscope, uh, YouTube Live, or Microsoft Mixer, or of course on our apps, PluckIt'sLive.com slash apps. Thank you for making us part of your day. Uh, this here is F5 Live, Refreshing Technology, the flagship show on the Pluckit's Live family of content. We are live every Sunday night at about 9 p.m. Eastern Time for about an hour. And uh, we'll talk about the news of the week, gadgets, gaming, internet, media. And a little bit, Avram will talk about some of the inexpensive tech that is actually worth considering. And uh, there are a couple of ways that you can join us. You can join us live on Sundays at 9 p.m. by going to f5live.tv slash join us. From there, you can find us on all of those platforms I mentioned, live stream, uh, Periscope, YouTube Live and um, and Microsoft Mixer, and you can chat with us live in the studio during uh, during the show, which we really like. Uh, we've got the chat rooms up in various locations. I've got Periscope up right in front of me so that I can keep track of because that chat room just goes away as soon as it happens. It goes away, so I try to keep track of that. And then uh, we've got the other chat rooms up as well, and we want to hear what you have to say about the topics as we talk about them. Uh, we, we want your input. Uh, we really think that it makes the show better. So definitely uh, comment and let us know as we go. Now, if you can't join us live, that's okay. You can also subscribe to our shows by going to pluggitslive.com slash subscribe. From there, you can see all of our shows, including F5 Live, The Pilch Point, our special events feed, um, our new product launch pad, first looks and uh, unbox, and a bunch of other series that are coming soon. Uh, and you can do that all from there. I think that does it for the spiel. Hey, Abram. Hey. <laughs> How have you been in the last two weeks? Not too bad. Not too bad. It's uh, it's been a, it's it's been all right. Lots of lots going on at work. You know, Prime Day was a big deal. Yes. Obviously, lots of products. Believe it or not, the summertime it's actually a very busy time. A lot of people sending us stuff to review. So, uh, big, uh, you know, big, big work, no, uh, no rest. 
Yeah, I've probably got about 12 products sitting around here that I have to review too. Yeah, uh, right. Just just for the benefit of people who were listening a couple of weeks ago when I was talking about the uh, the Coob kit, I actually have to post review this this week because they, they really want it back. But anyway, here, uh, this is the fire engine that I made with it. Ah. So. Awesome. Um, but yeah, so that's one of the things I have to review. <laughs> to finish reviewing. Uh, totally understood. I've got a couple of speakers and some headphones and a watch, but not really a watch. It's more of a watch band. It, whatever. Yeah, I totally, <laughs> I totally understand. Um, did uh, we'll talk about it a little bit more later. But did uh, did you find anything? That you just had to have for Prime Day? No. No. <laughs> uh, I was I was very tempted to get... I was tempted to get... There was an Arduino car kit where mm-hmm. it had everything you need to make a like a robotic car out of Arduino. Yep. And it dropped from like $70 to $55. And I thought about getting it, but I really... Because I told my son I'd like to build an Arduino car with him. Yeah, really build Arduino car for him. But the thing that kind of got me was, it's actually going to be more expensive the way that I want to do it. Is if I buy this, it's going to have everything for me, and that kind of takes away some of the challenge. Like I, ha- I want to try and figure out what components I need to buy to make a working car kit, rather than just like following someone's instructions. Yeah, I understand. I understand. You know. That makes perfect sense to me. I get a lot of kits uh, that give me instructions on how exactly to do something. And I'm kind of would like to try with Arduino stuff that I'm doing to actually like figure out as much of it from scratch as possible. That's pretty cool. Certainly sounds like fun. (laughs) Yeah. So when I have time to do it. So, so in the end, that was the one thing I was really tempted to get that or, or some of the other like sets with sensors in them. Although, I wasn't sure if any of them would get any of the like Arduino stuff that uh, that uh, Elegoo, which is the uh-huh. company that made the stuff made the stuff, had on sale. Uh, other than that, uh, nothing really tempted me. Uh, but there were some great deals out there, no doubt. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, especially if you wanted Amazon stuff. Like if you wanted an Amazon tablet or Amazon, um, if you wanted an Amazon tablet. Or Amazon Fire Stick or something like that. Yeah. This is a fantastic time to get it. It was definitely a good day for Amazon stuff. Um, Anybody who followed our Twitter uh, on Prime Day saw that we tweeted out a bunch of, uh, well, not a bunch. There weren't, I wouldn't say that there were a bunch. There were a a dozen or or so really interesting things. There were a couple that we didn't tweet out. And if uh, if you're watching us, right now, and not just listening, if you're watching, uh, you might notice that the studio looks a little different tonight, and that's because we actually put three uh, Prime Day products to use here in the studio, and it is entirely for Avram. Uh, uh, if you're if you're watching live, uh, you'll see it. If you're not watching live, you won't get to see it, because that side of the screen gets covered, so uh, you'll definitely want to want to watch live to see what it is um i'll cut this section off so you can see it though um abram's tv is on a proper stand and he's being powered by a new computer it's a uh 
it's an Intel Compute Stick clone. And then um, his computer is now being controlled by a, uh, a Bluetooth keyboard and mouse, this little guy here, that allows me to deal with that computer without having to put any load on the, the Wi-Fi on the machine, which if you've been watching the show the last couple of weeks, we've had a little bit of internet hiccups on the machine. And so the less strain we have to put on it, the better. And so we'll put it over on Bluetooth instead. So here we are. Avram has an entirely new setup over here and uh, I'm really excited. It's working very well and I'm happy. Do you remember the name, the brand name of the Compute Stick clone? No. <laughs> Not, oh. I can see the box from here, but it's set up wrong. <laughs> um, I will get it for you in a minute. No, no, no. I mean, the reason I mention it is to bring up something else, which is that there were just a lot. There are a lot of things with really funny brand names. This was one of uh, them. I'm sure. I'm sure it was. This, for example, we saw there was a VR headset. You know, it was a headset that you stick your phone into, basically sure. a holder for your phone. It was. I forget what the full name of it, but the company was iDoDo. Uh huh. Yeah, I saw that one. You saw the iDoDo VR. <laughs> oh, it was too wonderful. Um, yeah. I think this it, is just called W Five. That's not too bad. We the thing is, you get what happens is you get the, a lot of the keyboard. Brands. The keyboard, however, was Cinda. Cinda. There's a lot of funny names out there, and it's. I don't think that these are actually like full companies. I think it's people who are like buying these from ODMs in China or whatever, running it out of their house. Perhaps running out of their house in China. Yeah. Uh, and and just coming up with brand names and they don't, um, you know. They don't care. They don't, yeah. I mean, it's fine. It's just it's just kind of funny some of the names people come up with. The, uh, yeah. the stand for your screen yeah. is yeah. from a company called SoupTech. 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 There's one that I saw that was... A USB cable that I cannot repeat on the air because the name of it is obscene. That's wow. It's on Amazon, and the name of it is potential. You know, depending on your tolerance, is potentially obscene. Okay. Well, being you could say it's named after Kirk Cameron's friend on Growing Pains. Wow. Fascinating. That's yeah. a weird name for a. USB cable company. Yes. Yes. <laughs> sure. Whatever. Yeah. Exactly. So <laughs> you know, I just find that kind of funny when I when I was because we spent a lot of time going combing through the deals, finding yeah. the best ones, uh, pointing people to them. Um, and there there actually were a lot of great deals, but it's just funny on any given day if you, especially if you're looking through computer accessories, things like speakers and headphones and mice and and oh, cables yeah. and you know hubs. And things like that. Yeah, you see some very odd brand names. Yeah, there were definitely some bizarre ones, which was both fun and uh, sometimes yeah. <laughs> distressing, like the huh. USB cable. <laughs> oh my goodness! All right, um, we will talk some more about uh, Amazon Prime Day a little later in the show. But uh, 
How about for now, let's get into it. Okay. This week's Nifty Gifties on F5 Live is proudly powered by the Microsoft Store. Students can save uh, 10% on the new Surface Pro right now through the Microsoft Store. Um, you can also uh, take a look at the new Surface Laptop. And of course, um, there's a ton of deals on computers, uh, including a bunch of free software. Uh, right now, if you buy uh, select PCs, you can get the Intel Creativity Starter Pack, which has got Corel Paint and a whole bunch of other stuff in it. Uh, but of course, it's not just about PCs. You can get uh, 20 bucks off of select Xbox One S consoles, plus get an extra free game. You can take advantage of Microsoft 365, the new uh, combination of Office 365 and a couple of other services. But you can get the HTC Vive headset. You can get Xbox Live. Um, there's all kinds of stuff that you can get by going to f5live.tv slash Microsoft. Okay. So, um, we've not talked about Apple really for a little while, which is a little bizarre, at least not in any kind of big way. Right. Uh, right. so let's change that. Uh, we know that this is the 10th anniversary of the iPhone. We know that there are uh, supposedly three devices coming out this year instead of the normal two. The 7S and the 7S Plus, which, you know, is just normal uh, business for Apple. But there's also a lot of talk about, and there's a variety of names being thrown around, the anniversary edition device, which has been called the iPhone 8, the iPhone X. There's been all kinds of... Uh, names thrown around for it. Um, but one of the things that Apple has always used to always be good at and don't seem to be anymore is keeping their mouths shut. It, it used to be that they could surprise you with the launch of a, a whole new product category. Now we've got renders of the thing. Now people are 3D printing. This is exactly what it's going to look like months <laughs> ahead. How do we know it's real, though? Fair enough. Um, the the 7 proved that almost everything that we saw was spot on. So, you know, we might... Some of it might be nonsense. We'll, we'll see. But there's been some information theoretically coming out of Apple, coming from some pretty reputable sources, that suggests that there are problems with the iPhone 8. We've heard for the last couple of weeks, uh, at least a month, I think, that uh, Apple is having trouble getting the underscreen touch ID to work, which I can believe that. It's a bit of an odd technology. Uh, I think they're the only, only, like, the second company to be working on it. They're working divergently. They're not, like, working with the other company to make it happen. Um, but... It's not the hardware that's the problem. It's apparently the software. And this week we're hearing that uh, there's problems with the theoretical wireless charging capability um, and the 3D scanner on the front that's kind of like uh, Microsoft Connect or the... Um, the Wire phone? Yeah, what was, that? what was that called? Dynamic perspective. 
the dynamic perspective sensor on the front of the Fire Phone. Um, uh. Apparently, the sensors are all in place. Everything's working. But their software engineers can't make them work, which is an interesting idea that that inductive charging would be such like a an oddball thing for them that they wouldn't be able to get that to work. I mean, that's built into a number of phones now, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, my Sam, my Samsung Galaxy S8 has it built, has Qi standard charging built in. My, I'm holding up a, a Palm Touchstone from the Palm Prees that were announced in 2009. Yeah, so first of all, we don't know any of this is true. Right. Second of all, they do have, well, I guess they don't have long because usually it'll be announced in September and Apple's not the kind of company like a lot of other companies that will announce something one day and then not release it for months. Usually in Apple's case, it's like we're announcing it and it's available today or we're announcing it's available this week. Right. So, Or at least we're announcing it today and it goes on pre-order today and it'll be out yeah. in two weeks. Yeah, they're not, they don't tell you things months in advance. Right. So, so they, yeah, if it's not working now, they do have, a, they probably do have some issues, but um, you know, a we don't know if that's all true. It's true. Uh, now the the charging thing, my guess would be if they're having a problem, it's because they're not following a standard. Because who is Apple to follow a standard like Qi? I the, mean, the the strange thing is Apple about a year ago joined the Wireless Power Consortium. Yeah. So I mean, Qi is you know, although I know Intel, for example, was really behind Resonance. Uh, you know, there were some others, but it seems like Qi has become kind of the de facto standard. I mean, almost everything has Qi. Um, that, my, that we see. my buddy, uh, John, who was uh, one of the marketing directors for the Wireless Power Consortium, we had our last CES interview this year because he has left the Wireless Power Consortium. They brought him in uh, to make Qi the winner and it worked <laughs> and that that was basically our interview this year so yeah i mean so if apple is trying to like do something different they're obviously doing a disservice to their uh customers because if i'm buying a phone i would like to think that i could buy a whole ecosystem of chargers and they'll work with my phone and they'll work with my friend's phone and you know my friend if someone comes over they can phone down and it works well at this point she for phones anyway has become has become a standard now we hear a lot about how other forms of charging are better like uh was it resins supposedly could will go through wood on a desk uh you know resins could potentially do um you know enough power to charge a laptop and things like that um but you know, although she has those phone, standards too. Uh, but for a phone, you want you know you want to go with the standard that everyone is using today Absolutely. because there are a lot of phones and a lot of devices that support it. So Apple, I really hope, is not going to use their own Apple Charge or something yeah. like they do with a Lightning cable. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, I would I would be surprised to see them embracing um, you know a st- an open standard like that. So. They'll probably come out with something similar, and it'll only work with Apple products. What I what I have heard is that part of their problem is they started, uh, 
they started down the path of long range wireless, which mm-hmm. is barely at the conceptual stage, let alone the the really ready. Oh, for... you're talking about the thing I saw at CES. Uh huh. Oh, and, that. And since it's simply not ready, um, that's a. I mean, that's a great. I mean, I. Yep. I'm forgetting the name of it now, which I should really remember because it was a very important story. Uh, but yeah, they had developed and they, those guys told me that we would actually start to see they were, you know, that we might actually see some major phone makers embrace their technology. Now, if Apple does that, that would be fantastic. Uh, um, you know, well, what I've heard is they started down that path and it, it, the technology simply wasn't ready for them to be able to do it this time. And so they've switched over to Qi. Yeah, I think that's um, so. What we're talking about for people who haven't been listening to and watching and remembering everything we've said for the last seven months is that at CES, uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the company. Well, uh, while, sh- while Avram does that, the way the way inductive wireless charging works now is you take your device and you yeah. put it on a plate, like what I'm showing on the video right now. Yeah. So I know this isn't a phone. And I know this is for a palm. But this is the idea. You would just put it on the right, plate and it is, charges without any cables. Which, to be honest with you, doesn't really, is it, you know, like I, my phone does wireless charging and I haven't bothered to buy one of those. I just plug it into the USB. It, it's not particularly compelling. Like a lot of people like it, but it's not particularly compelling because I like it because I, I built it into my desk. So I can yes. just, I throw my phone down on a particular, you know, on my desk bloop, and it just starts to charge my phone. I, mean, I don't. I don't have to think about it. It's it's certainly like convenient, right? But I don't know if it's like super convenient because you you know it's basically saving you the half a second that it takes to plug your phone in and then you know to yank your phone up when you gotta take it, which a lot of people won't bother with. Like when I'm at work during the day, I don't plug my phone in, uh, and I could. But then I'm constantly picking it up and then you have to unplug it. So I could see like the benefit of that to keep it topped off. Yeah. But it's not like the sci-fi dream that most people have of wireless charging. Like you're still having to put it down to charge. Right. It's not, you know, and you're putting it in a place where the wireless charger itself is connected to power. Right. So really you're only cutting out the connection between the the phone and the wire but there's still a connection to this pad that yeah. we wouldn't otherwise have so and and they're not you know they're not they're not expensive but they're not cheap i think it's at least 40 50 dollars for you know for a pad uh you and can some get some are like 80 dollars. you can get them on amazon for like 5.99 really yeah okay. <laughs> uh, but the dream obviously is that it would be your whole desk yeah and anywhere you put it on your desk or the real dream is what we saw at cs where it's charging through the air while it's in your pocket and while exactly. it's in your hand. Yeah. So you walk around just like you have a Wi-Fi signal everywhere you go in your house. Imagine you had a power signal everywhere you go in your house. So if Apple's doing that, not only would they have to sell the phone, but they'd have to sell the base station. Uh-huh. Now, um, now, now to be fair, Tesla had this idea <laughs> ages ago and had prototypes of it, but not... Like to the way that we see, right? Like yeah. the things that we're looking at now aren't like the, the size of a room anymore. Yeah. What we saw at CES was basically, oh, it's, it was the 
the coda coda tile and yeah uh, anyway so like what i saw was basically the size they had several different iterations of it one of them was the size of like a keg of like a keg of beer Uh so you consider that a really large router uh another one was like built into a tile on the wall basically um that they had and, and another one was just something that like hung off of the ceiling so the idea was in a public place let's say maybe it's the apple store or whatever they although you don't you shouldn't have to go to the apple store to get charged but they would have these <laughs> things you know a bar i don't know have these things hanging off of the ceiling and while you're there uh your phone will be charging at all times now it doesn't charge very quickly it's very slow because there's a limit i think it's only like one watt of power at a time they can give you uh so it's um that's what they right now consider safe so of all the users of all the people in the room whose phones are charging they can all share just one watt of power got it so it's not a lot of power but if you were just sitting there all day back and forth your phone is constantly charging a little bit yeah you know it's just iterative yeah exactly it's it'll especially when you're you're by yourself on the on the device at any given time you know it's it's enough to to trickle charge to keep you alive yeah i mean obviously that's early iteration and it may not be sufficient for like apple users and people expect Right. Uh, but obviously the hope is that they get it up to it's much more significant right um to be able much, to actually much... push power as opposed to keeping you level which is kind of what it's capable of now you know what i mean yeah like imagine if your laptop could be completely powered through the air right exactly that would be pretty cool right it would totally change what it would mean to have a battery and things it would change change the world so I guess the, the important takeaway here is that uh, if Apple is legitimately having these software problems um, on, the, on the iPhone 8 or the anniversary or whatever we want to call it, um, it's, it's possible that they're going to have to make a decision at some point on whether or not do we, do we release the hardware without things enabled, do we delay the launch of the device, so it's it's the first time that Apple is really making a leap on their hardware, like putting th- new things into their hardware in a very long time. Um, and I think a lot of people forgot how difficult it is to add things to an existing platform, that there's a lot of work that has to be done. It, yeah, it, this is true. But I applaud them for actually trying to add something yeah. because I don't think they really done a lot to innovate with the hardware in a while yeah and in quite some time so it's it's good to see that they're uh they're doing some stuff um i look forward to seeing i obviously you and i are not fans of their stuff but neither one of us actively root for their failure yeah no i i mean i think i think it would be great if they did something to innovate um you know, certainly if they were the first to bring wireless charging, that would be a big deal. Yeah. Uh, the rest, the rest of the industry follows what they do very closely. So, you know, while USB Type C uh, was a thing a little bit before the MacBook, uh, the 2015, I guess MacBook came out. 
them being like that being the first major notebook to be powered by it. I mean, yeah. there was a Pixel, Google Pixel too, but who's counting that? Um, you know, really kind of opened the market up. So for Type C and for Thunderbolt three, so yeah, uh, you know, they they could very well bring attention to some technology that's that people have been waiting for. That would be great. Yes, yes, it would. So uh, we're we're not rooting for their failure here. We're we're hoping that if these these rumors are true, that Apple is able to to get it together and solve whatever problems they're having, um, because. You know, it would be nice to see some of this stuff hit the market. This week's Pilch Point with Avram Pilch is proudly powered by Monster Products. The headphones that are on my head right now, the Monster Elements, uh, full over-ear or on-ear. There's earbuds, there's speakers, a whole lineup of products uh, from uh, the Monster Blaster all the way down to the little Hot Shot, and then uh, sports and all kinds of uh, headphones. And of course, the cables to connect these products uh, together to your computer or your home entertainment system are all available by going to f5live.tv slash monster. that music means that it is time for the Pilch Point with online editorial director of Laptop Magazine and Tom's Guide, Abram Pilch. Abram. Hey. We are going to be talking about some interesting stuff today. Cheap. Cheap stuff. (laughs) Cheap, cheap, but good. Cheap is such a, you know. So at, at Laptop and Tom's Guide, we are in the middle of doing a lot of roundups of affordable, a.k.a. cheap, uh, products because not everyone can afford to buy a $1,200 laptop and not everyone can afford to buy a $100 gaming keyboard uh, but people still want good quality stuff uh, for what, what they can spend so uh, so just this weekend uh, we posted a couple of things on Laptop Mag we posted a list of the best laptops, on the best cheap laptops under $200 and the best cheap mice under $20. Uh, so now to put some background on this, do you know what the average uh, PC laptop sells for in the United States right now? $429. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> I, I, haven't, I, haven't, I haven't gotten the number for <laughs> this last month, but the last time I got it, it was like $435. Ooh, that, was a, so, that was a pretty good guess. Right, so so it's it it tends to hover between like four thirty and four fifty, and it has for several years. So even though we're reviewing a lot of laptops that are really good quality, that are like nine hundred, a thousand, fifteen hundred dollars, um, the average person now this is obviously a mean, not a median. So it's taking into account people are buying two hundred dollar laptops and people are buying thousand dollar laptops. Sure. Uh, and when I said PC laptop, I'm leaving out. Uh, this is ex- actually, I think it includes Chromebooks, but excludes Macs. Okay. If you include Macs, the num- the average number goes up to something like 600 or 650. Um, but um, anyway, so a lot of people want to spend under 500 dollars, 
and some people want to spend even under $200. Now, it's kind of unthinkable when you think about uh, many years ago, people buy, you couldn't buy a laptop for under $1,500, right. $2,000. Uh, now you could get something usable uh, for for under two hundred dollars. Uh, so a couple of things that we, you know uh, we put up our page of uh, best sub two hundred dollar laptops. We also have a page of best sub five hundred dollar laptops, uh, which obviously gives you a, a lot more flexibility. So for the under two hundred uh, crowd, and I would say if you're looking for something under two hundred, uh, note that the most important thing you can look at is build quality at this price because you're not going to get great performance. Um, you're going to get either a cheap Windows system or, or a cheap or a Chromebook. You get more for your money with a Chromebook if you don't mind using Google's Chrome OS operating system, which is primarily the web browser uh, at this point. Uh, so our favorite overall under $200 laptop is a Samsung Chromebook 3 uh, because it comes with 4 gigabytes of RAM which is actually pretty good for a sub $200 notebook. It got uh, 259 nits of brightness, which is better. You get a really dim screen usually in this price point, something around 200 nits. Uh, like an average, you know, average plain notebook is like 260, 270. Um, so, you know, 200 nits is not great or 190 nits. Uh, so the Chromebook 3, uh, bright screen, nine hours of battery life, four gigs of RAM means good for multitasking. Among Windows systems, uh, there are two that we like. Uh, the HP Stream 11 is exactly $200. It, uh, it, ha it, has, it also has four gigs of RAM, which is actually a big deal, like I said, a big deal in this price range because going from, they all have Celeron processors. They all have Intel Celeron processors. There's really no great differentiation there. I mean, I think there are a couple of systems that have Atom processors that's not any better, uh, but, uh, the, the stream has four gigs of RAM under $200. It's got a really uh, kind of loud but attractive uh, purple or blue design. Um, and its screen is is decent. Uh, I mean, it's it, its keyboard is decent. The main thing we have with it is the screen was a little on the dim side and the front lip of it, very solid, but the front lip of it was kind of sharp. So when you're trying to type, it could scrape, scrape your wrist a little bit. Um, for a better typing experience and a better screen, but only two gigs of RAM, so worse multitasking, uh, we like the Lenovo IdeaPad 100S 14, which is a 14-inch laptop, uh, has, a, has a much better screen, uh, really nice keyboard for the price, uh, but it's two gigs of RAM. Uh, and by the way, the Lenovo IdeaPad 100S 14 is something you won't see in a lot of places. Best Buy has it, uh, but actually Lenovo doesn't sell it anymore. Um, so that's that's our sub two hundred dollar laptops recommendations. Um, uh, if you can spend more and you can spend under five hundred dollars, I'll just throw out to you right now a piece of advice I gave to my sister in law just this week. Her computer broke and she wanted to spend under five hundred, uh, and I told her that for under five hundred, the best thing you can get uh, is the Acer Aspire. Write this down: E fifteen, E five. 575 33bm i memorized that now that's actually pretty impressive memorize that if you didn't memorize that you could go to the sub 500 dollars laptops page or the best laptops overall page and look for the best value laptop on laptop mag and there it is there are several configurations of this laptop this one for 350 
uh, gives you a 1080p screen, which is something you really, uh, you know, hard to get in a laptop this cheap. Uh, it gives you a terabyte hard drive, a Core i3 processor, and uh, a Core i3 processor, I think it's only four gigs, not eight gigs of RAM, uh, and uh, and eight hours of battery life, and lots of ports, including USB-C. So uh, that's a 15-inch laptop, a little heavy, uh, but you know, pretty good considering. Um, just to quickly touch on the mice, uh, our favorite choice for mouse is right here in my hand. Uh, this here is the Logitech uh, M510. It's been around for a while, uh, but it's it's still fan, it's still a fantastic mouse for any price range. It the reason that I like it, and this this has been my personal mouse for for several years now, is a, is that it has two side buttons on the side, so you can assign them to something you use them for forward and back in your browser. You don't get that on every mouse. Um, it has really good rubber grips here. Um, and it uses 2.4 gigahertz wireless with Logitech's unifying receiver, which means if you have other Logitech mice like this or a Logitech keyboard, you could actually use them with the same dongle. Uh, so that that's pretty cool. I mean, that's just under $20. If you really want to go for something inexpensive, there is a mouse on Amazon called the VicSing D9, Vic T S I N G D9, and that goes for eight dollars and forty-five cents, and it feels pretty good for what it is. It also has two side buttons, and is a and is a wireless mouse. Uh, so that's just a quick look at at our at the cheap stuff uh, we've been covering. You can expect to see us cover some cheap hard drive, cheap external hard drives and flash drives soon cheap monitors uh we're really trying to focus on budget oriented stuff because we know everybody is everybody is trying to save where they can absolutely um i can i can attest to that logitech mouse as well uh, i've got one around here uh somewhere uh right now i'm i uh i use in most places uh a razor mouse but that's not going to be sub 20 <laughs> No, those. Are, I mean, those are really nice, but they're but they're more they're a lot more money. <laughs> yeah, you know. So uh, for you know for the price for you know productivity. I mean, it's I wouldn't call this a gaming mouse. It's fine for what it um, you know for for regular stuff. Sure. Regular use. Um, I still haven't seen a mouse that was affordable that had this stuff. I mean, yeah. What I like, I would like this to be like a gaming mouse and have like 20 buttons that I could assign to things. But getting two buttons is, is, is a rarity as it is. Absolutely, especially at that price point. <laughs> yeah. And, and on Prime Day, that was one of the best Prime Day deals I saw. On Prime Day, this dropped $5 and was $14. Nice. Yeah, that's, that's a really good deal at that point. Yep. If I didn't already have two of them, I would have gotten another. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Uh, so, uh, so both of these articles are up now? Yes, you can find them on laptopmag.com. And uh, what was the the really long uh, laptop model number again? Okay, well, the easier thing is for me to tell people where they can find it listed. If you there go you to go. our our best laptops overall page or our best laptops under five hundred dollars page, you will see the Acer E15, uh, Acer Aspire E15. Uh, 
the, all the extra numbers are what the configuration is. The, there are many configurations of the Aspire E15, um, but this one is the one that's $349 on Amazon uh, that gives you 1080p Core i3 and a terabyte hard drive, uh, which is pretty good, and over eight hours of battery life, which is pretty good for a laptop at that price. Yeah, that's actually uh, a surprisingly long battery life for for the price point. Yes, and for a 15-inch laptop. Yeah. Um, you know, usually usually consumer 15-inch laptops, you don't get very good battery life. You spend $200 more, by the way, and there's a version of it um, that comes with an, a 256 gig SSD Core i5 and 8 gigs of RAM. So, uh, so Acer has some really inexpensive stuff. I mean, you know, it's made out of plastic. You mm-hmm. know, there's cutting some corners somewhere. Sure. It's not, it's, it's a 1080p screen, but it's not like blow you away. Uh, sure. Bright. But, uh, you know, for the money, it's, it's, a, it's a great deal. And did you happen to say how heavy that guy was? That one's about five, okay. five pounds. Okay. So it's, it's not, it's not, um, you know, I wouldn't recommend, I, I recommended my sister-in-law when she said, I'm not really taking this out of the house. Got it. Um, you know, their 15 inch laptops are the most popular kind because a lot of people do see them as replacement desktops, uh, for the family that they can just carry around the house. Sure. Uh, and while I personally, uh, would, would only get something much lighter than that for my use, uh, a lot of people do like, like that, that size. Yeah. I, my, my carry around the house is a, is a surface book. So, you know, that, that, you know, size range is just kind of just right for being able to just pick it up from the bedroom and take it to the living room and, you know, whatever. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I tell, I would tell people if they can spend money and they're, and they're not set on a particular, on like having a bigger screen, uh, getting a 14 inch or lo- or smaller, like 13 is really almost ideal. Uh, but I have a 14 inch laptop, so I can't really say that those are, are all bad, but uh, you know, definitely getting a 14 inch or lower and trying to get to like 3.5 pounds or lower if you can uh, are definitely, uh, you know, you definitely want to be under four pounds for sure um, to have something that's really portable. Yes. It's like this little guy sitting on the desk in front of me right now. It basically has no weight to it at all. Which yeah. It's pre- pretty nice. Yeah. No doubt. Um, so those two are available now. You said that you've got some other ones, uh, coming soon and they'll be across both sites probably, right? Depending on what they are. Depending on what they are. The hard drives and the flash drives are going to be on laptop mag this, this week. Um, and, uh, I believe we have some gaming, we're going to have a gaming monitors. Um, so stay tuned. Fantastic. Well, we always appreciate you bringing us, uh, information about what's going on at a laptop and tops guide always a pleasure and uh we will have you for the rest of the show yep This week's Extra Life on F5 Live is proudly powered by Razer. Uh, exclusive offers going on right now 
on the Razer Blade laptop. Um, select models. You can get up to $350 in gifts and software, depending on what you're looking at. It could come with a protective sleeve or um, a mouse, uh, all kinds of things. Uh, the good news is we've got all the promo codes for you to make getting these deals really easy. All you have to do is go to f5live.tv slash razor and the promo codes are right there under each product. Um, I'm, I'm really impressed with some of the stuff they're giving away. So if you're looking for a good gaming laptop, uh, now is the time to go take a look. Um, in addition, if you're not looking for a laptop, that's okay. We've got, uh, you know, gaming mouses and keyboards and uh, VR stuff and all kinds of products from the company that makes truly my favorite gaming accessories uh, in the industry. And you can find all of those deals by going to f5live.tv slash razor. So, um, when Nintendo announced the Switch, uh, there was some conversation about what might or might not happen to the 3DS. Because the Switch is designed to be portable. The 3DS's thing is being portable. Um, so there was some concern that maybe the 3DS would go away. Nintendo assured us that that was not their plan, that the 3DS would stick around. This week, Nintendo uh, discontinued another one of the 3DS models. Now, it's important to note that there have been a total of six models in the family, and they are currently now at three. Uh, they, they have been mostly getting rid of the older devices. Uh, in this case, it's the new 3DS. Now, don't let that name fool you. Um, there's also a new 3DS XL, uh, which is just a larger screen version of the hardware uh, that is still around. And there's the new 2DS XL, which is basically the same hardware without the uh, 3D screen for a little less money. And then the original Nintendo 2DS, which was a strange... Uh, strange piece of hardware it had uh what uh no hinge on it which was a little odd but it was kind of a a panic move before a big game came out and <laughs> they wanted to get more consoles out in people's hands and that was how they did it but anyway so they've discontinued a piece of hardware my guess is they were looking at sales and saw that this one just wasn't moving and decided to shrink their their uh, their skew list. What do you think, Abram? It sounds sounds logical to me. I mean, Nintendo. Also, here's the thing. Do you feel like the Switch, because the Switch is portable, that it might be competing with the 3DS? Um, as far as new hardware sales are concerned, maybe the fact that they're almost impossible to get a hold of probably uh, is limiting that some um but absolutely the the desire right now is certainly for the switch but you know when the wii u came out and there were some availability issues the first couple of weeks um there were people who went and bought first generation wii's uh kind of as a holdover so 
you know, there might be a little bit of that. But yeah, my my guess is that the Switch has has dipped the 3DS new hardware sales. It has not, however, seemed to to hurt software sales. Well, if you got it, you got it. Right? Yeah, exactly. You know, like if you own it, you're gonna keep investing in it. Yeah, man, I thought when I <laughs> somewhat related story, man, I thought when I got my son like a year, year and a half, two years, I forget when we got it, uh, when we got the PlayStation 3, um, right? Mm-hmm. I thought, oh, I'm getting this for my son, uh, and, but it's old, it's cheap, you know, we'll play like one game on it. The amount that we've invested in games <laughs> for this is so much more than, it's so, and games and like the PlayStation controller and stuff like that. Sure. Is so much more than the console itself. Uh huh. It costs. I was like, oh, this is cheap. I was getting the, the used one from GameStop. He wanted to play a car game. I, you know, I got him the car game. Sure. Got him Tree Grand Turismo. Nope. <laughs> I, you know, so if you own, if you own a platform, you're invested in it. Yeah. Right. And you're going to keep spending on it. Absolutely. Um, obviously, we uh, we don't have a switch around here yet, but we do have a 3ds, and it still travels around with me, even just like sometimes as part of my my daily traveling around. Um, so, yeah, in investing in in stuff that already exists, obviously is is logical, but getting into it new. Now is probably not the time to get into the 3DS new, and that's probably why um, why they're doing what they're doing, right? Uh, it it just doesn't make as much sense anymore to uh, to produce four models of the hardware. My guess is that what we're going to see is that the original 2DS will be end of life next, and they'll just be the the 2DS and 3DS XL models, and that'll be, it'll be with and without the, the 3D screen, and those will be the models they have out there. Just a guess, but that's that's my, we'll call it an educated hunch. <laughs> yeah, you gotta simplify. Yeah. There's no sense in having four models of an older platform that you're, like, actively trying to compete with yourself. Yeah, I mean, I think the interesting thing about the Switch, right, is that they're, that's the first device I've seen where it really brings together the home console and yeah. the portable console. For sure. So they're probably, I mean, this is kind of obviously the cost of it, things like that. It's kind of, you know, there's no 3D on the Switch, sure. right? So, you know, there's still a place for 3DS, but I think maybe with Nintendo's looking down the road and say, like, should we really be having maybe a unified platform? Yeah, which is which is what the Switch is all about. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, you know, I think the hardware will stick around for a while because, you know, it is far less expensive to get into a 3DS today than it is to get into a Switch, even if you can find one. It's, I mean, you can get the, the original 2DS for 79 bucks, whereas... Uh, to get a switch is if you can find one's two ninety nine. Yep. So there's a, there's a huge price barrier 
between 79 bucks and 300. Uh, so I think, I think we'll see some of the hardware stick around for a little while, maybe a year or so, um, before Nintendo really gets their, their hardware production under control. <laughs> uh, but that's, that's just a suspicion. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, but yeah, I don't think, I don't think they'll dump the platform entirely just yet, but it's coming. That's no sense in competing with yourself for too long. This week's news from the tubes on F5 Live is proudly powered by Rift Tracks. Make fun of movies or, you know, let the professionals do it for you because that's what they do. Uh, the guys who used to do Mystery Science Theater 3000 are back and doing what they do best, making fun of movies. From blockbusters to the little unicorn. Can't make these things up. They've got a little bit of everything. The way it normally works is... For a couple of bucks, you download the MP3, play it along with your DVD, Netflix, Amazon, wherever you happen to have the movie, and laugh. Uh, from time to time, they do mix it up, uh, and they do a live event. Their next live event is uh, very appropriate for today. <laughs> it will be on August 17th and 24th in theaters nationwide, and it is Doctor Who, The Five Doctors. Uh, they will be riffing that uh, nationwide uh, through Fathom events so you can find out all about uh, what theaters that'll be available in you can find out the movies and short films that they have already riffed by going to f5live.tv slash tracks with an X so uh, huh, I'm actually looking forward to that one I'm not even a big modern Doctor Who person, but I... <laughs> that one seems well, like... that's not modern. Be... That one's not modern. Exactly. So, I'm I'm pretty well looking forward to that one, and yeah. I go to almost all of them unless we have a conflict. Alright, so let's talk some more about Amazon. Um, their, uh, their Prime Day, for them, huge success this year. Obviously, we talked already about how it's been a success for us, with Abram's new setup over here that is working very well thus far. Um, it was a big success for them, too. Um, obviously, the event has uh, progressed since the first year, where uh, they offered a 55-gallon drum of lube, which was very bizarre. Um, this year, most of the products were at least products, right? Like, they... They they were things that you would expect that there is a person out there that might want. There were no, like, there weren't really a whole lot of truly bizarre things like there were in 2015. But that did not stop the Prime Day fail hashtag from reemerging. Um, but let's talk about the success first. Um, biggest sales day in company history. It beat Prime Day 2016, which held the the uh, the record until this year. Uh, it beat it by 60%. Now, granted, Prime Day was 20% longer this year. But even then, 
20% longer, 60% more sales. Not bad. Uh, and they did include uh, in their numbers, they included the hours leading up to Prime Day last year um, just to make sure that the, the stats were, were uh, appropriate, which is good. Um, and it was the single largest increase in Prime memberships in company history as well. Uh, increasing about 50% or something like that, like over last year's increase. Uh, so so that's, that's huge. They did have some problems, of course. Um, but I want to talk real quick about what some of the favorite products were. Obviously, the Amazon Echo was the favorite product uh, globally. Every, almost every market, it was the top-selling product. But it was half price, so it's not surprising. Um, what were a little surprising was um, countries like Canada. Their their number one product makes sense. It was an Instant Pot, which is a really popular product right now. So, okay, fine. It was our number one product, too. Whatever. But, but Canada's number two product was an eight-pack of AA batteries. Uh, well... <laughs> Okay. First of all, a pack of AA batteries is is something every uh, a lot of people need. Um, actually, you know what? You you if you have children, you need it more. That's like true. no, really. Like you never like I barely. I'll just say this: I before my son was born, we didn't buy batteries very often. We didn't have a lot of batteries around the house. Sure. We need batteries and remote control. You know, most of the battery-powered things we had were built-in rechargeable batteries, sure. like a laptop or a phone. But toys, mm -hmm. kids' toys, so many, so many things taking batteries. A lot of the, although the really big toys take like C and D, a lot of toys take double A's. So double A is double A batteries. You you do need them. So. I don't. I don't think it's shocking that if there was a great deal on AA batteries, that people would buy it. Okay, the top two products in Japan were whey protein and bottled water. I don't know. It, <laughs> you see, I think. I think too. I mean, they have different. Is it correct to say? Because I, I wasn't checking this. That in Japan they had different Prime deals. Yes. Some. So, some so, some things were global and some things were local. Right. So, you know, it could be that for that area, it was very it was very inexpensive rel yeah. relative to what people normally pay for those things in that area. Fair enough. It was just it was it was interesting to look at the list and like, you know, there were all kinds of electronics and things like that, and then. Um, Whey protein. <laughs> it's like, it's, oh. Isn't that kind of a metaphor for Amazon itself? I, indeed, it is. Which yeah. is, um, now I'm trying to remember where I saw this exactly. I think I remember who wrote it, but there was this whole anti-prime article that I read somewhere. Hmm. I think it may have been on the verge, um, and. It was going on and on about how, like, you know, it encourages people to buy things that they sh that they wouldn't normally get, and it 
uh, and you know you're not paying for shipping, so you're not aware of of the kind of the cost of environmental costs and cost of what you do and, and all that stuff. It was a real uh, guilt trip, but <laughs> I I I don't I don't really I mean. Look, Amazon is a company that is trying to, to drive up business. Period. Uh, during during the slow summer months. During the slow summer months, it is your job as a consumer to decide whether or not you actually need any of the stuff. Absolutely. Like that's the thing. Like if you're going out and buying something that you don't need, then 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 you're wasting money. But if there, there's a con, there's always things that you kind of you might need, but you might not need it right now. You're sure. kind of looking for it, you know. Like USB cables is a great example. Yeah. Aki, uh, a big USB cable company, uh, had a lot of stuff on sale. Yeah. Right. Uh, like that might be the case. Well, you know, I could use a few extra USB cables. Sure. Okay. You know, I could use a, a hub. Okay. You know, like. I saw some really great deals on like, uh, you know, surge protectors or yeah, you know, power strips. Uh, like you know, that's the kind of thing where okay, maybe you're living without it right now, but man, I could really use one of those for my desk or, or whatever. Like, I I I think there's a lot of stuff like that where you're where you're saving real money. So like, you know, like, so why like, not? You want to like pay more your, money? Like your stand, I've. I've been looking for one of these for your setup for so long. Um, And they are always so freaking expensive that it just hasn't been possible. Um, And like, it's not unusual for these things to go for like three, $400. And it was 60 bucks. See, that's, we, we bought two of them. (laughs) See, that's, that's good. Like I think the key the key for consumers, okay? Here's the key for Prime Day. It's the same key for Black Friday mm-hmm. or any type of a sale. Have in mind what the things that you are kind of having your plate right now that you think, hey, I could use one of those. Or I've been looking for one of those. I've been yeah. putting it off. Go in and look at the sale and see if the th- if they have those things. Right. Do not go in there and just say, mm, I want to buy something. Right. Like, that's... That's where people end up buying things they don't need. Yes. I had a certain number of things, and I, for Prime, that I was that I was thinking about about getting, and I looked for them all, and honestly, for me, they didn't have it. Uh, you know, I wanted to maybe get a new controller for my PlayStation. Sure. Uh, they didn't have one of those on on sale, I, uh, or at least not one that I wanted. You know, I wanted to get more Arduino stuff. That was very tempting because they had some things. But not exactly what I was looking for, etc. You know, I wanted to get a. My wife and I have been thinking about getting a color laser printer because our printers are going. Okay. Uh, you know, so I looked and I saw. Yeah. I didn't really have any of the color. La- they had a couple laser printers on sale, but not really what the one that I wanted. So, like, I wanted. I look for those things. If I found one of those things during that time, fantastic. This is a good time to pull the trigger. On the other hand. Uh, what's really important is also just to see whether the sale is really a sale. Right. Like a lot of the things that go on sale there, maybe that's the price that they are, they frequently are, or maybe it was lower at some point. For Amazon, there's a great service called Camel Camel Camel. Indeed. 
You heard of it? I have it referenced in the article that I wrote. Because ah, yes. there's actually one product. So I went and I, after Prime Day, I always go troll through the uh, Prime Day fail hashtag on Twitter. It's always interesting to watch. Um, and there were a couple of interesting ones. And one of them was a guy who showed a screenshot of a pair of shoes that he had bought on the 8th for uh, $56. And their Prime Day price was 70 and I went and looked on Camel, 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 and its uh, its time frame low price was fifty bucks. So it was actually twenty dollars more on Prime Day than it had been like a week before. Right, exactly. So you want to go to CamelCamelCamel.com, or you can install their browser plugin, which is actually more helpful. Nice. Uh, and you are on the page, and you click the little uh, icon in your browser bar. They have it for Chrome, and they probably have it for Firefox. Um, and it will show you, like, a graph of, like, how much this thing had cost throughout, you know, its history or the last month or however long you want. So you can see, like, hey, actually, you know, it's on sale now, but it was actually cheaper a month ago. Or, you know, okay, it's this price, but it's been this price repeatedly. Or, more importantly, you know, oh, maybe it actually only dropped by $2. Like, because what they list, what they show you as the list price, the regular price on Amazon, is frequently not the regular price. It's what the like MSRP is. Uh huh. Yeah. So Camel, Camel, Camel will tell you what the real street price of that thing is, on a, uh, and then you can can look and see. Unfortunately, we don't really have that type of tool for other major sites like Newegg uh, or for Dell and Lenovo who sell their computers. Uh, but uh, you know, you can. Uh, a lot of sites that do bargain reporting, such as Laptop Mag where we, and Tom's Guy, where we have daily deals pages, and uh, you know Tech Bargains uh, and Ben's Bargains and, and some Fat Wallet, sure. uh, will actually tell you, hey, this is the best price we've ever seen on this. Fair enough. Or, or it's not. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that's that's an important uh, an important aspect of it. Uh, just just as a note, it's available for Chrome, uh, Firefox, and Safari. Not available for Edge yet. Almost, to be fair, there's very few plugins for Edge. It's true. Um, but yeah, uh, the other so the other thing that showed up in the the Prime Day fail hashtag that I want to talk about real quick because it's bizarre was there was uh, a woman who claimed. At, uh, like a dozen times that there was a technical glitch on Amazon's part that was resulting in an issue uh, that was putting her family's business in jeopardy. Huh? She was consistently replying to a tweet from somebody else who at some point she referred to as her father whose tweet no longer exists. And I have absolutely no idea what could have possibly been going on because it's not like it's not like amazon accidentally put a product on sale for prime day that was you know without talking to the retailer that amazon wasn't going to absorb the the price difference on you know you know what i mean yeah unless it was an accident in which case they are either going to cancel the orders or absorb the price 
They weren't going to let a company go out of business because they put something on sale without talking to the business. Yeah, who knows? All I know is at some point, somebody from BuzzFeed uh, reached out to her about it and nothing came of it. So my guess is either she did not understand what was actually happening or uh, there was no problem to begin with. So, yeah. but it was, it was very bizarre because she kind of owned the hashtag. You, you couldn't go look at it without finding her stuff. And she's like, she was tagging Fox News and like everybody. It was the, one of the most bizarre things I've seen during Amazon Prime Day. Well, you know, there's a lot of disgruntled people. And I mean, periodically we get emails. I mean, not, not, we didn't get one from her or anything, but, uh, you know, anyone around Prime Day. But, you know, a couple of times a year, I'll get like someone will figure out the email addresses of a whole bunch of journalists. Uh-huh. And then they'll send you, they'll mail everyone in the world their complaint about a particular whatever. Uh huh computer you name it and they'll they'll think that this is like front page news home page news i guess you'd say yeah uh and and we'll well any journalist who they can find and you know it's always interesting to get those mails any journalist you can find the president of the united states the head of the (laughs) ftc you know the you i don't know the the u.n secretary general (laughs) <laughs> uh, whoever you know, whoever they whoever they can mail oh. with their complaint. So, yeah, that does that does happen. I'm not saying this person's complaint wasn't legitimate. Right. I really don't know enough to say, but right, you know, there are definitely people will there are people who will be very upset about a relatively small thing, um, and yeah. they will email uh, everyone on the planet. There was some dude recently. Uh, like a few months ago who did that and just kept CCing me and like every journalist oh. like uh, on it. They had some problem with their laptop and it wasn't a really serious problem either. It was like they weren't happy with something. It was actually the laptop <laughs> was perfectly functional and they wanted free stuff. It was, and, and I, I was like, I finally muted the thread, uh-huh. but it was, it was really frustrating. One of my fellow journalists replied or something and said, and basically told the person, thanks a lot, you jerk or whatever. Uh, <laughs> so not one of my colleagues at work, just that's another, another from another outlet sure. said what we all wanted. To <laughs> right. <laughs> oh my goodness. Anyway. So I guess the, uh, the end result is here. It was a good day for Amazon. <laughs> yes. This week's DRM not included on F5 Live is proudly powered by Groove. All the music you love, play ad-free from one of the biggest catalogs on the planet. Listen basically anywhere you are. Uh, On your PC, your phone, your tablet, doesn't matter whether it's Android, iPhone, Windows. Uh, You can listen on your Xbox or just in a web browser. And of course you can download music on up to three devices. Uh, so that when you're out of uh, Wi-Fi range or you don't have any service at all, you can still listen to your music without any problems. And you can get a free 30-day trial right now by going to f5live.tv slash groove.
So, I want to talk briefly about a company whose name has been bouncing around this week um, strangely. The company is SoundCloud, and for anybody who has been following them over the last year or so, um, you were expecting what happened this week to happen. Um, they laid off 40% of their staff. Um, they closed a couple of offices. And they had a conversation with the rest of the 60% who were remaining. Oh, and they also uh, canceled new employee employment contracts. So anybody who hadn't started, everybody's contract was just voided. Um, they had a conversation with the remaining 60%, letting them know that uh, they had about 80 days of uh, money, even with the decreased staffing. Immediately after this information came out, um, Chance the Rapper, who you may or may not know, uh, Grammy Award winner. Um, I, I know who he is. Okay. Uh, Grammy Award winner, and in fact, mentioned SoundCloud in his uh, Grammy speech in February. Um, he immediately uh, called the company and had a conversation with one of the co-founders. And when all was said and done, both he and SoundCloud said that they weren't going anywhere. Which is odd. Because it's not... I, I can't imagine he invested in the company. Because you can't have a conversation with that particular company without finding out that they don't have a business model. Not that they don't have a business plan, which was, you know, a problem for Twitter for a long time. Twitter has a business plan plan now and a business model it's not a great one but they have one um these guys didn't have either um and let, let me tell you a little bit about soundcloud they are a company that host audio files they started uh as music and at some point um small podcasters decided that they wanted to try and use it because for some reason, people seem to like their player. Personally, I find it annoying, but that's why there's choices, right? Not everybody uses the same thing for a reason. Some people like one thing, some people like another, and that's great. And so ignore the player. The thing about SoundCloud is that they charge little to no money for the service. And here's why that's a problem. It's an expensive thing to do. Oh. <laughs> Hosting and serving media files is a massively expensive service to offer. And to offer it for little or no money uh, is a problem. I picked up a, a quote from a good friend and colleague uh, when I worked for Radio Shack years ago who said, you can sell dollar bills for 90 cents and you'll have a lot of customers, but eventually the dollar bills run out. He... <laughs> he he used the expression to describe Metro PCS um, because at the time they were a local company here in Florida. Um, they, they only worked in the Tampa area, the Orlando area, and the Miami area. And if you were traveling between Tampa and Orlando, you didn't have coverage through Lakeland. And if you were going to Miami, you didn't have coverage there. So, you know, the 20 bucks a month or whatever they charged was whatever it, but it wasn't a great wasn't necessarily a great deal um and eventually the dollar bills ran out and so 
the end result was they sold to T-Mobile. Um, right. SoundCloud doesn't have that capability because Metro PCS's idea was we're going to get our name out there, we're going to have a lot of customers, and then our plan is to become part of Sprint or T-Mobile or they had conversations with everybody and they sold into a relatively unsaturated market, right? Because today there's four. Sprint, Verizon, AT&T, and Timo. Those are your four. They've all got their sub-brands, but those are your four basically in the U.S. Um, in, all, in, in media hosting, however, it is a massively saturated market because there's everything from, from you know, uh, Groove and Spotify up at the top to companies like uh, like Blueberry and Libsyn that do podcast hosting, and there's there's a, it's a huge market. It's not like somebody is going to want to buy SoundCloud. And here's why: who who's going to want to take on a culture, a customer culture, of I, w- I want this expensive thing for free. Well, I mean, they do have a subscriber base, right? I mean, they have their SoundCloud Pro and your, their SoundCloud Go uh, services. It's true. Right? and but, but they are unbelievably underpriced. I mean... I mean, it could end up being sort of like a, a Napster type of situation um, where Napster was purchased. Uh, at one point, Napster was actually a pretty good streaming service mm-hmm. uh, by itself, like when it was like a legal when service. When it came back. Yeah, when it came back as a legal service. Uh, you know, like my wife and I were subscribers. We liked it mm-hmm. a lot. Uh, and then... Best Buy bought them, and then they got sold into Rhapsody, and uh, and Rhapsody bought them, and eventually Rhapsody was like, we don't need this other service, uh-huh. we're just gonna Integrate. take those subscribers and suck them up into our plan, our yeah. service. Integrate everything so, together. And it, uh, so same same thing as Nintendo, right? Not not competing against themselves. Yep. So. I could see that happening to SoundCloud. Maybe somebody buys them for the users, for the traffic. I mean, they, according to what I'm reading, they have something like... They actually have 40 million registered users and 175 million unique monthlies. So that's that's good traffic for somebody to buy. I'm just saying someone someone might want that. Somebody might want that, but the problem is as soon as somebody buys that and then makes it not hemorrhage cash it's going to hemorrhage users yeah well i think someone will probably think that they can monetize uh and they'll be willing to bleed users and people will be unhappy you know they're fans but if some of them stay with it then the company that buys them might might profit off of their acquisition could be uh perhaps Uh, it's hard to say we we've seen companies like this uh, go this way before. Um, obviously, for for me, following something like this is is important because it directly affects this market that we're in <laughs> for the show. Um, my in in the past, normally what happens is 
these companies do what what uh, SoundCloud is doing. Go, no, 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 everything's fine. Don't worry about it. And then uh, at the end of their cash, they just shut their website down like on a, on a Tuesday afternoon. It's gone. Um, and they don't even like entertain bids because uh, they don't want they they want to pretend like there's not a huge problem. I I I'd like to you know know if anyone's gonna be like I I hope that because they have a lot of independent artists putting stuff up there right mm-hmm. they're doing a lot of hosting well I hope that um uh, you know no one is completely relying on them. There are a lot of podcasts for sure that are completely relying on them. And uh, in the communities that I am a part of, ooh, has there been panic? Because not only are they relying on them for, uh, for hosting their media files, which, you know, having to move, like for us, changing hosting for us be a massive undertaking. There's, I think we've got eight or 9,000 episodes in our database. You know, moving to a new host is a massive undertaking. We had to do it recently. Um, I can attest to it. It's a massive undertaking. Um, But a lot of people are using it as their thing. Like in podcasting, they're using it for their RSS feed, which is obviously a terrible idea. You should always control your RSS feed because of things like this. But like if if you're an independent artist on SoundCloud... And that's like that's your your online presence. If that thing just disappears overnight, your entire online presence is going to disappear. Eek. Yep. So I guess start finding alternatives now. Yeah, that because... and that's that's really the the important thing here. If you are if you are using SoundCloud right now, be prepared. Uh, don't necessarily you don't necessarily have to abandon ship, right? But Put, put a wrapper in place. Put something around your brand. Uh, if you're a podcaster, have your own website. Use your own RSS feed. Set up the 301 redirect today. Don't wait until they say, we're shutting down on Thursday. Put, put your 301 in place today. Set up PowerPress and WordPress. And control your own thing. If you're a musician, you know, create your... Create your uh, your platform somewhere. You know, send all your fans to a website. Send all your fans to Facebook. Facebook isn't going to disappear overnight. You know, find a find a place where you're safe. Don't don't rely on on something like this because if it goes away, you want to be able to switch out things underneath and have your your fans have no idea that anything changed. Yep. That's, I mean, that's the message. Uh, I think it was last night I was watching uh, the local news here and they had a story about, I think it was called Angelo's or something, Mm -hmm. a store that sells bridal gowns. Oh, the bridal company. Yes. Went out of business. And overnight, didn't tell their employees or anything. Overnight. And so all these brides and bridesmaids. They like they couldn't get into the store to, or their order or if they could, they sorry, you just lost your money. Yep. So, you know, uh, don't don't be dependent on a business that's in trouble. It, for, uh, of honestly, course, who would have known? Of course, with the brides, who would have known? You know? Yeah. How would they have known? Yeah, you know, it's this true. Was even a, a big chain. So, yeah, 
that would suggest that they were in better shape than, say, a mom-and-pop store. Sure. Well, I'll always try to have have contingencies in place if you're a brand and you're try you're using other people's stuff to prop you up that's fine i mean at, as we sit here right now our stuff our website runs on on uh godaddy our uh hosting our media hosting runs on azure um but the thing is if if godaddy were to close tomorrow we could literally put our website move our domain to, to Azure or to uh, Rackspace or, you know, wherever. And you guys wouldn't have to know about the internals of what's happening. But if we were sending you to, you know, pluggitslive.wordpress.com or something and wordpress.com shut down, we're screwed and there's nothing we can do about it. We lost all of you guys. So try to control your own brand, I guess, is the... The thing with the bridal thing, don't leave your product in somebody else's possession. Maybe I I don't I don't know exactly how that works. I think they pre-ordered them and then they weren't able to get them or something like that. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I understand. Uh, nice. But uh, but anyway, in the case of SoundCloud, you've now been warned. Exactly. Right? Like <laughs> this, they from from what we understand, they're well at this point about seventy-five days of money left so um prepare Even so if... who's going out of business first iHeartRadio or soundcloud <laughs> iHeartRadio sounds like they can make it to november these guys may not make it that far uh, they may make it to october so you're but you're right it's, it's definitely going to be a race to see who fails first it i mean it's not funny people are going to lose their jobs i know it's, it's, it's... People are going to lose the, content that they love, so it's it's the, sad. The, it's very the, sad. The thing is with with uh, at least with iHeartRadio, um, the the thing that'll likely happen there is that we'll end up with diversified ownership again instead of consolidated ownership. You know, a lot yeah. a lot of stuff. It, it's not like radio stations will will vanish. Somebody's going to buy contracts. Somebody's going to buy stations, but yeah, you're you're right. There's there's definitely pr- possibility for issues there. The real the real issue is with SoundCloud losing forty percent of their employees already. Now I don't know how many people they employ or why they would need to. It doesn't seem like a complicated thing to keep propped up, but I don't understand how. Twitter spends as much money as they do. So, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, well, according to their Wikipedia page, and this may be before the layoffs, mm-hmm. it says that they have 300 employees. Okay. So, to keep a website that has 175 million monthly listeners going, 300 employees isn't a lot. I, I don't Just know. It, it, it seems like... It seems like a lot knowing what I mean. I mean, just to just to run us. I mean, if do they run their own servers or are they using, you know, shared hosting? Who's you know, they have to have a customer service piece because they've got subscribers. Yeah, fair enough. There, you know, there's always I, the customer service aspect of things. You know, again, some of that could be outsourced, I guess. But, um, you know, it's uh, 
it's hard. Uh, I mean, granted, they're not make you know they're not exactly a music publisher. Right. They're a music hosting service, but yeah. Well, anyway, sad. It's 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 sad times. Uh, I hope they find a way to continue because we always need more places to host and and promote uh, independent voices. So. Well, that is our show for this week. Uh, thank you to those of you who have joined us live and got to experience the, uh, the new setup over here, which I'm going to be talking about for a little while because I really like it. Uh, <laughs> it looks pretty good. Anyway, um, thank you for joining us live. I know there were people in and out of all of the chat rooms, so uh, thank you for that. If you're not joining us live, that is okay. You can join us uh, if you would like in the future at f5live.tv slash join us on Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, but you can also subscribe by going to plugitslive.com slash subscribe. From there, you can see this and all of our other shows as well. Um, yeah. Uh, good conversations this week. Uh, we've got some new stuff coming uh, here uh, in the Plugits Live family. Um, we've got some... Some new subscriber stuff coming, a new way to subscribe coming really soon. Uh, so watch for that. Uh, we did our first video for that new setup. Uh, we started it today and it's actually all about uh, Abram's new setup over here. Because uh, one of the questions we get a lot is how, what does it take to do all of this? And I always like to tell people from where I'm sitting right this second, like I can see six computer screens just where I'm sitting right this second. Um, <laughs> it's it's not a small undertaking. So uh, it was a little bit about how Avram's setup used to work and how it's working now. Uh, we're going to do some more videos like that. How does the production rig work and stuff? And uh, that's going to go into a new location, which we'll announce in the, the coming weeks. Uh, but for now, just know that we are producing some interesting new kind of behind-the-scenes back channel content that I know a lot of people have been asking for for a while but with that um, I think that will do it for us so on behalf of the staff that's not here I'm Scott I'm Abram and we will see you guys back next week ciao